You're listening to Time in the Word. Antichrist is used once in 1 John 2.18. The title says something significant about his character and intentions. In relation to the Antichrist, the proposition anti carries with it or conveys two ideas. The idea of opposition to Jesus and his mission or purpose, and the idea of in place of or being a substitute. This will also hold true of the Antichrist since he will be Satan's substitute messiah. He is also known as the man of lawlessness. Since he lives outside of God's laws, this title highlights his personal wickedness. In Revelation 13 and 14, he is called the beast, a title which clearly emphasizes his depravity and deep hostility towards God and God's people. In Daniel 7, 8, we find him called the little horn, a name which allows his pride and aggressiveness to be seen. It also speaks to the relative power that he will have because often in the Old Testament, this term is used to describe power, such as a king. Over the next four studies, Dr. Gonzalez will spend time teaching on the key figures of the tribulation period. The first two studies will focus specifically on the Antichrist. During today's study, Dr. Gonzalez will discuss the person of the Antichrist. During the second study, he will discuss the career of the Antichrist. As God ministers to you through this series of studies, and as you experience God's love and grace in your own life, share these podcasts with others so that they too may be blessed by God's word and his amazing grace. Let us listen as Dr. Gonzalez continues his study on end times prophecy. Father, we thank you for this time. We pray that you would speak to us loudly and clearly. We pray that you would use this lesson to help us become more and more conformed to the image of Christ. May our lives be lives that bring you honor and glory in all that we do, for it is in his name we pray. Amen. Well, if you have been joining us for the last several weeks, you know that we have been um, studying, doing a study in Bible prophecy. The name of the series is The Bible and Tomorrow's Headlines. We have already made it through a a number of different uh, lessons today we will we, we ended last week looking at the doctrine of the rapture this week uh, we will look at the key figures in the tribulation period now we will at some point uh, actually start looking at the tribulation period and we will actually look at the events that will occur in chronological order as best as we can uh, from the information taken from the book of Revelation but at this particular point we want to look at who those key figures are that will uh, be a part of that time of human history where it all comes to an end uh, it's wrapped up with the second coming of Christ obviously uh, many of you have heard the term used in fact uh, it's only used once in, in the New Testament, um, the Antichrist in John in First John chapter one, or in First John chapter two. Let me go to that passage. First John chapter two, and verse eighteen. Uh, this is what uh, John said: "Dear children, this is the last hour, and as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come." Uh, this is the only place in Scripture where we find the term Antichrist used, but, but indeed uh, we find that, that uh, the major, the central figure in the tribulation period is indeed this individual referred to by John as the Antichrist. Now, the title Antichrist actually 
says something very significant about his character and his intentions. Uh, the, the, the proposition anti carries or it conveys two ideas. First of all, the idea of opposition to Jesus and to the purposes or the mission of Jesus. And secondly, the idea of in place of or of being a substitute. And of course, we, will, we know that from, from our, our future studies as we look at the tribulation period, we know indeed that this is true because uh, Antichrist is in essence Satan, uh, Satan's substitute uh, Messiah. Now we know that he is one who lives outside of the laws of God. Therefore, Paul in uh, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 3 referred to him as the man of lawlessness. It highlights his personal wickedness. In Revelation chapter 13 and 14, he's called the beast, a title which emphasizes his depravity and his deep hostility to God and to God's people. And in uh, Daniel chapter 7 and verse 8, he is called the little horn. It is a title that, uh, that uh, uh, speaks of his pride and his uh, uh, aggressiveness. Uh, it also speaks of the relative power that he will have. Now, there are a number of passages in the Old and New Testament that clearly indicate that Antichrist will derive his powers from Satan himself. Uh, he will be a very powerful individual, but the power that he has will be power that has been endowed to him by Satan himself. In fact, there's a couple passages that I want to look at. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, uh, this is what uh, Paul said, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verses uh, 3 through 10, uh, listen to what Paul said. Um, but the Lord is faithful, and He will strengthen and protect you from the evil one. We have confidence in the Lord that you are doing and will continue to do the things we command. May the Lord direct your hearts uh, into God's love and, and, and Christ's perseverance. Uh, Verse 6, In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we command you, brothers, to keep away from every brother who is idle and does not live according to the teaching you received from us. For you yourselves know how you ought to follow our example. We were not idle when, when we were worth, were you, nor did we eat anyone's food without paying for it. On the contrary, we worked night and day, laboring and toiling, so that we would not be a burden to anyone um, any one of you. We did this not because we do not have the right uh, for such help, but in order that we, uh, in order to make ourselves a model for you to follow. And then uh, later on in, in, or, or in, the, in, in his pre previous epistle, uh, he said the following. In First uh, Thessalonians chapter three, or let me look at this passage first. In, in Revelation uh, chapter thirteen, and verses one through nine. And again, we're highlighting uh, the character or the person of, of of Antichrist. In Revelation chapter thirteen, he says this, starting verses, uh, starting in verse one. I saw a beast coming out of the sea. He had ten horns 
and seven heads, with ten crowns on his horns, and on each head a blasphemous name. The beast I saw resembled a leopard, uh, but had feet like those of a bear, and a mouth like that of a lion. The dragon, listen, the dragon gave the beast his power and his throne and great authority. One of the heads of the beast seemed to have had a fatal wound, but the fatal wound had been healed. The whole world was astonished and followed the beast. Men worshipped the dragon because he had given authority to the beast, and they also worshipped the beast and asked, Who is like the beast who will make war against him? Verse 5, The beast was given a mouth to utter proud words and blasphemies and to exercise his authority for forty two months. He opened his mouth to blaspheme God and to slander his name and his dwelling place and those who live in heaven. He was given power to make, uh, notice that uh, he's always making, John is always making reference to the fact that he's been given power, given authority. In this case he says he has been given power to make war against the saints and to conquer them and he was given authority over every tribe, people, language and nation all the inhabitants, and so on. The point being here that John is clearly demonstrating that the Antichrist, who will be the most prominent figure in the tribulation period, will be a very powerful individual, but that his power is endowed to him by Satan himself. Now, how... Uh, now, this is a very charismatic individual, and we certainly live a t in a time in history where we can recognize that the world is becoming ready for just such an individual. Listen, this individual is going to be a charismatic person. This is a person we're talking about. This is not some angelic being. This is not a mystical individual. This is a, a flesh and bone human being who will be living on planet earth and will assume a posi position of leadership and will in time rule. But the Bible suggests that this will be a charismatic individual that at some point will actually convince the inhabitants of the earth to follow him. Now how is he going to accomplish this? Well the Bible seems to indicate that, uh, that he will be a great leader, someone who will have uh, the ability to solve complex issues. The Bible also says that he will be very smart, perhaps a very highly educated individual with a keen grasp of e uh, uh, economic and political uh, issues. The Bible also seems to indicate uh, that, in, you know, and certainly in, think of the time that he's going to be ruling over the world. This is the, we're talking about the tribulation period. He will be an individual who will obviously be brilliant uh, and a very uh, smart military strategist because remember this is an individual who is reigning during the tribulation period a time of complete chaos and warfare and he seems to always emerge uh, uh, from all these from all these activities that are occurring during the tribulation period, obviously he's going to be a brilliant and powerful uh, military individual. And fourthly, the Bible seems to indicate that he will be a man of great craftiness and oratorical abilities. He will be able to speak in a way in which he will draw the masses to himself. As a matter of fact, uh, uh, there are many passages in Scripture that seem to indicate that because of things that he says 
is and things that he does, uh, people will seem to uh, just naturally follow this man. This is going to be an individual who will be thought of by the world as the only person who will be able to actually bring peace and stability to the world. Now think about that, because if you consider the world we currently live in, uh, certainly the world is hoping for at some point to somebody, uh, for somebody to emerge into the world scene that can accomplish the things that no other human being has been able to accomplish, and that is to bring peace and stability to the world scene. Now, there are four characteristics uh, that I want to mention about uh, uh, the Antichrist. First of all, he is driven, he is absolutely driven by a consuming pride. Listen to what a number of passages tell us about, about Antichrist. Uh, in Daniel chapter 11, verses 36 and 37, this is what uh, Daniel says, The king will do as he pleases. He will exalt and magnify himself above every god, nor will he regard, and, and I'm going into verse 37, nor will he regard any god, but will exalt himself above them all. The king referred to here is the coming Antichrist. Again, he will be driven by a consuming uh, uh, pride. In 2 Thessalonians chapter, four, uh, chapter 2, verse 4, this is what Paul said. He will oppose and exalt himself over everything that is called God or is worshipped, so that he sets himself up in God's temple, proclaiming himself to be God. So we know one thing about the Antichrist, that he will be driven. The motivation behind everything that he seeks to do is to exalt himself. He's driven by a consuming pride. The second characteristic about him that I want to mention is that he is an arrogant blasphemer. He will be an arrogant blasphemer. In Revelation chapter 13 verses 5 through 6, the Bible says this, and he was given a mouth, uh, he was given a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies, and he was given authority to continue for 42 months. Then he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name his tabernacle, and those who dwell in heaven. So we know he will be driven by a consuming pride. We know he will be an arrogant blasphemer. Thirdly, he will have great power. And we've already seen some of these verses, but I want to highlight a couple more points. In Daniel chapter 11, verses 41 through 44, this is what uh, we are told in the Word of God. He will also invade the beautiful land... Many countries will fall, but Edom, Moab, and the leaders of Ammon will be delivered from his hand. He will extend his power over many countries. Egypt will not escape. He will gain control of the treasures of gold and silver and all the riches of Egypt with, uh, with the Libyans and Nubians in submission. But reports from the east and the north will, will alarm him, and he will set out in a great rage to destroy and annihilate, annihilate many. Daniel clearly indicates that he 
will be an individual of great power. And this is also collaborated by John in Revelation chapter 13, verses 5 and 7. He says, The beast was giving a mouth to utter proud words and blasphemies and to exercise his authority for 42 months, meaning three and a half years. And he was given power to make war against the saints and to conquer them. He was given authority over every tribe people, language, and nation. He will be driven by a, a, a consuming pride. He will be an arrogant blasphemer. And he will have great power. A fourth characteristic that I want to highlight about him is that he will oppose Christ. Listen, uh, and I, I want to, I and we're probably going to end right here because I, I, I want to spend a, a few minutes right here. In Luke and this is something that we need to remember, not, as, not simply as we study prophecy, but all the time. Listen to what Jesus said in Luke 19, verse 10. And he's talking about the reason for his incarnation. He says, for the Son of Man came to seek and save what was lost. Listen. This was the very reason for which Jesus was born and for the, the very reason uh, for his death. Uh, Jesus came to seek and save the lost. The church must never lose sight of the fact that the purpose for our existence in relation to the world is to continue the work of Christ in seeking and bringing to the foot of the cross so that they may be saved people from all over this land. But one of the, one of the characteristics of this Antichrist is that he will oppose Christ and will oppose Christ's mission and purpose. And in fact, Satan has always been opposed to Christ and to his mission. Let me tell you something. Make some application here. There are, there are many individuals in the world who have rejected Jesus Christ precisely because I believe, I believe that Satan has been quite successful in thwarting the mission of Christ uh, 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 in the lives of... Let me put it this way. Jesus said that he came to seek and save the lost. The Bible teaches us that every day that goes by is a day in which God is making salvation available to those who have not yet given their, their lives to Christ. And in light of the fact that not many in comparison of those who go to hell go to heaven, we as Christians ought to be working hard at making sure that we continue to do the work that Christ set out to do and the and, and in terms of, 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 of propagating and proclaiming and preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Satan and Antichrist are in the business of making sure that many go to hell and spend eternity in hell. They oppose Christ. They oppose the salvation that he came to provide through, through his birth, death, and resurrection. And they will do whatever it takes uh, to accomplish that mission. We as Christians have a responsibility uh, to the world to continue to propagate the gospel of Christ and to, and to have that uh, as the central mission of every work we do, every work of ministry that we do, because Satan is opposed to people being saved. And if we give up 
if we don't remain committed to the task of propagating the gospel, many, many, many more will never come to a saving knowledge of the, uh, of, of, of the Lord Jesus. Listen, folks, I, I, I just want to make some application here because I think this is very important. At the end of the day, and we think of the many trage tragedies that occur all over the world, as we, look at, as we look at our television sets and, and we hear the news reported around this country and around the world, and as we think of the crisis that's going on in the Middle East and in Europe and, and even the, the horrific events that take place in this country, as, as we have seen just several weeks ago and, and, uh, and is still being reported, the, the, the uh, massacre at uh, Virginia Tech. At the end of the day, listen to me, at the end of the day, it really matters very little what I accomplished in life if what I accomplished in life was not done for the glory and honor of Christ and if I wasn't in a personal relationship with Him. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter how long I lived. It doesn't matter what I accomplished, what I had, uh, uh, what titles I had received, what positions I held in, in, in corporations. At the end of the day, when I leave this earth, all that matters is where I stand in relation to this Jesus who himself said that he came to seek and save the lost. The mission of the church is to continue to faithfully stand for the truth and propagate the unadulterated gospel of Jesus Christ as uncomfortable and as politically incorrect as that may be to continue to propagate the gospel of Jesus Christ so that those who hear it may give their lives to the Lord Jesus. Listen, there is a spiritual warfare going on out there. And let me tell you something, just like it's going to be the business of the Antichrist during the time of the tribulation, it is the business of Satan today to do everything within his power to make sure that fewer and fewer hear the gospel and are given the opportunity to give their hearts and lives to the Lord Jesus. It is incumbent on us as Christians, and it doesn't matter if you've gone to seminary, it doesn't matter if you're a pastor or you're not, it doesn't matter what you do in life, it is incumbent on every single Christian to faithfully stand for the truth, equip himself with the Word of God, and go out there and share with others the reason for the hope that they have within him. Listen, as we consider the world today, certainly we are seeing how it is that the road is being paved for this Antichrist to emerge into the world scene whom the world will believe will have the capacity to bring stability and peace. Who will argue against the fact that we live in a day and age where it certainly feels like the world is nothing more than a time bomb waiting to explode? Listen, there are too many issues going on around, around the world to which there is no turning back. And we would be fooling ourselves if we didn't think that the course of human history is leading us down the path that would literally pave the way for this Antichrist, this great, charismatic, highly educated, good-looking individual uh, 
paving the way for this individual to come into the world scene and make all the promises that the world has been waiting to hear forever and ever and yet not deliver. The truth of the matter is that once he gains power and once he becomes the ruler of the world, there will be no other dictator in world history that will ever be able to be compared to Antichrist. The devastation that he will bring upon the earth will be unparalleled to anything that we have ever, ever seen. In fact, everything that, 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 that has occurred up to this point in human history, all the bad events, the wars, all these things put together will not compare to the vile and vicious uh, uh, things that, and devastation that Antichrist will bring upon the human race and into the world. Uh, we will need to end our lesson here today. We will continue next week as we start considering his career. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for the great hope that we have in being raptured and being taken to heaven uh, to uh, complete our salvation and to uh, uh, be with Christ our Lord forevermore. We thank you and give you all the honor and praise in Jesus' name. Amen.